and welcome back to the Pilgrims Podcast. My name's Archie and joining me this week is Mark Lovell, Tom Kirk, Aaron Kuzak and Chris Allen. Yes, like I said, Aaron Kuzak joining us on the pod this week. Aaron, thank you ever so much for your time. How are you doing? Very well, Archie. Thanks for the invite. Good to see everyone on the pod. Looking forward to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're um, really delighted to have you on. It's um, a real treat. We're we'll talking all, all things Argyle and how we've um, done thus far. Can't believe it. We're only just over a third of the way into the season, which um, seems incredible, really, doesn't it? It's been, um, been enthralling thus far, I would say, Aaron. Well, without without doubt, and I think it seems to have just flown by because I think, personally, they've gone into such a, well, I call it an enigmatic league. It's arguably the most competitive league in the world in terms of mm. the volume of clubs and the history behind some of the clubs. And every week there's a big opponent waiting to be, you know, challenged. And it just seems to, to fly by. And, you know, it, from a personal standpoint, I think they've had an okay start you know i know i know mm-hmm. we're kind of dwindling a little bit towards the bottom end but perhaps our, our footballing style doesn't quite deserve the position we're in but you know it's an exciting league to be in in my opinion and, and one that will bring great challenge moving forward no, absolutely 16 games 16 points um however we are the division's fourth joint highest goal scorers mm-hmm. which is um it's just interesting chris isn't it we're an entertaining team to watch yeah and the whole league is and I think my theme for the first however many games, because I can't count, is enjoy. if you can't enjoy this, then pack up and go home. You know, if, if you just want to win every week. And the, and it's amazing having a week off because it realized, makes you realize how much you miss it. Mm. Um, you know, I was sat watching Wales yesterday, France winning however many, 14-0, England playing, different sport, right? There's a different sport. So... I think having a week off is really helpful because it helps you put everything in perspective and realise how much you are enjoying it. Absolutely. So today we'll, today's a bit different. Obviously, there's no game, but we'll be looking back on the season, like I said, and it feels only logical to start pre-season with the change of formation, which was a big shock, really. Certainly to us on the pod, we've discussed it before at length. And um, Shuey's, it's kind of his thing now, is that every summer he goes away and comes back with something new. But this really was brand new last season of course 12 months ago he tinkered and with the you know the front three at the top but uh this season we're seeing four at the back tom this is something that's been of a particular interest to you i've still got the inverted fallback um lectures ringing in my ears from the first few pods what are your thoughts on it well um be interesting to get aaron's take on it but um it seemed a bold um plan from the start didn't it to play to our strengths rather than just um come up with a a negative and unambitious formation to combat um the the qualities of team that we'd be facing um so i'm not surprised there's been lots of goals because we've kind of been set up for that it this could have gone a couple of ways couldn't it We're, we're 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 fickle fans right if we'd lost a load of games we'd have said it was a bad move. If we'd won a load of games playing five at the back, we'd have said that's a good move. Uh, I think, like Chris said, I mean, we, nobody likes losing games, but we've tried to win most games that we've been in. They've been humdingers. I think I said to you, not on the pod, Archie, I said you earlier today, what we don't seem to have recognition for in the last three or four games, perhaps because the results aren't there, I think we've improved massively. We're not letting in goals minute one, two, three, four, five, or 90, 91, mm. 92, like we were. Um, 
so it's work in progress. Yeah, the, and Aaron alluded to earlier, the, the points tally is not uh, meriting that. Um, I, I'm undecided. <laughs> if we end up getting relegated, we'll we'll always ask ourselves what could we have done, haven't we? But I mean, you know, hell, I'm enjoying the ride. No, absolutely. It's been um, <laughs> it's been it's been fantastic, hasn't it? And I, I had a bit of a rant about it last week, a positive rant about how much we're enjoying it. But going back to that formation, Aaron, I'm interested to know that what are the benefits in a nutshell of having four at the back of having that extra man in midfield compared to last season what does it offer Argyle in the championship well I can only speak for for what I see rather than you know having inside knowledge on what the coaching staff are trying to do but especially mm-hmm. when they I, I, I first saw the, the newer formation with the inverted fullbacks at the preseason game at Parkway um, and I'd seen some of the clips against Hearts, I think, where they went in. They went to Spain, didn't they, and did their preseason, and they went and they tried bits yep. and pieces, and and I, you could see what they were trying to do. And and I, I personally quite like it because as long as you've got an understanding, what it what it promotes, I think, is it allows your front three to pin their back line in, and it releases two of the midfielders as well. So you're kind of eight. It's almost like they were playing with either two eights or two tens. So almost like a five-pronged attack. So you'll have Rye, predominantly Ryan is the nine, and then maybe Morgan and Barley kind of pushing there. And then it released the likes of, we didn't know Kundal had come in at the time, but was someone like Finizaz and, and maybe Rams. And, you know, it just it just invites more of an attacking structure, which offers variety. Um, the one thing you need, though, is you need your fullbacks to be able to play. Because what what I noticed quite early is that the, the the opposite fullback would drift into that central area, but if they can't get it and play quickly, then you lose that impetus. So so knowing mm-hmm. that um you know you've got probably why Kane Kesler Hayden was brought in really because he's a, such a good footballer, um and someone like a I mean the the lad um Saxon early started quite well. He's injured now, isn't he? But so I thought he started the season quite brightly. Um, mm-hmm. I thought he was particularly good at, at Watford. Um, as the game went on, he struggled first half. I thought. Um, I think it was one of the games I covered, but I th- he, he was he was integral in a couple of the Argyle build-up plays, and um, it works. You just leave yourself a little bit vulnerable if you get countered centrally. So if if you if you like you got a back four and then your two two fullbacks invert like that, you're left with a box. So if you've got an op- opponent who then spring wide, you are vulnerable down in those wide flanks. But, you know, going back to what you said, Archie, at the start, I, I quite like the fact that they've gone into the season and gone, do you know what, we're going to do it this way just to see how we get on rather than going up against an opponent and hope we don't lose. Actually, let's put our stamp on a playing style and see how far it takes us before we might need to think more more cautiously. Um yeah. Yeah, that that five pronged attack you mentioned. I think we've got to touch on it more, haven't we? It's just um, it's incredible to watch, and it took a while. I think it f- took a few games, and I, I can I can picture a few you know passes going astray, possibly Huddersfield or the game after. But now it's really clicking in it, and there's a last block of games sandwiched between the two international breaks. I feel I feel like it's all kind of clicking into place, and uh, yeah, we're seeing attacking football that I don't think I've ever seen at home park, and the int- intricacy of it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, that's what's standing out for me. Well, I heard a, a stat the other week prior to the Borough game, I think, that um, we were either second or top for transition to attack. So speed of transition. Right. So on the regain, how quickly are we going from A to B towards the goal? And I think we were either top or second in the league, which just goes oh. to show 
how well they are able to secure possession and build that attack. Um, and for me, what I like is the relationships between the players. They're not all, it's not like they're five Mavericks and they're off on their own and just showing yeah, some exactly. brilliance. They're, they're connecting. And what I've been really impressed with when they, we do go forward with, with quality is how close they get to each other. They understand the distances. Um, and I, I, that allows them to be intricate. And one thing I've learned over my years as a coach is if you can change the angle of the pass quickly on two different occasions or two consecutive occasions, it's very hard to defend. And the one that sticks out to me was the chance that Rands had against Watford at the start of the season where Saxon early actually mm. reversed it into Ryan Hardy, who first time reversed it out the other way. Rands made a late run and, and, and it opened him up. And that is such a difficult thing to defend because... You follow them the line of the ball and they all narrowed. And then in one second later, it goes the other way and they're all going against the flow. And mm. I've seen that a number of times this year. I thought our build-up play against um, Middlesbrough was was fantastic. And the two goals that we scored in the first half, you know, it wasn't just Finizaz's fantastic finish. It was actually a really intricate move. Yeah. Uh, and even Bali Mumbo's goal, the the, the equaliser, mm. it was just it was the connection and, and like you've already said, Archie, for me that they're understanding roles and responsibilities now. So relationships are becoming becoming quite seamless. Which is really- Actually it was it was Bali's goal, wasn't it? Not so much his finish, but the move leading up to that was 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 really thrilling to watch, wasn't it? And it touches it went, on a lot of Yeah, what- it went to the far right hand side, if I remember rightly, and I think it was Kundal yeah. um and Morgan Whitaker who were really close to each other. And they mm. just helped it on the inner channel towards Finizaz, who was who was within connection. And then he just eyes up and he was able to find the free pass, which was Bali. But it was because we moved and they all gravitated as a unit towards the ball. Mm. Me, that that shows understanding. They're not just running towards the ball because they're they're watching the ball, they're seeing pictures. And that that doesn't happen by luck. That happens on the training pitch. So I won't be surprised if they <laughs> cut the training pitch up and they are working on structures and and, a, and representations of when the ball is in this area, this is what we want. When the ball is in this area, this is what we want. And you can start to see it come to fruition. I remember the Rand's chance, the Watford one. I loved it. Where I feel really unfortunate, Aaron, this year, they've worked it, but it's almost like a, there's a, like a three, there's a three-man triangle, and then the, the one who's got the shot is kind of the one who didn't want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. unfortunate that way. Yeah. Um, that's been good all season. What I think we've got better at as we've gone on, Archie alluded to, there was, there's been, there was the, the final ball, the fight, such a fan, sorry, I'm going all um, Pasotti here for a minute, but the final ball um, was a bit lacking. I feel it got better. And yeah, for, and, and in defence, where we're, you know, people say tighten up or be a bit more disciplined. I think we have cut out the, the, the sloppiness at the very beginning and the very end of games, the ones that cost the points or change the game plans. So um, whilst the points total hasn't, um, changed massively. I've, I've seen improvements there. You're, you're talking about those intricate moves between the front five, which are which are clearly drilled. Um, there was a game at West Brom where we'd um, we'd changed. We came back after an international break, and it, it, we'd had two defeats on the bounce. And I felt that game we didn't do that. It felt like the drill was to keep tight. And then when we turned up for the game, West Brom weren't particularly attacking that game either. So it was a bit of a missed opportunity. The system there, and if we're playing that four at the back and we've got a front six essentially exchanging passes to break through the opposition, are we as fans, if we then say, oh, we're a bit light in defence, well, we're one man down voluntarily and we've left ourselves really open because we're, we're, we're not narrow, we're wide and central 
and six players committing forward there to to be to make triangles. So in my in my mind, is it five? Sorry, it's five. And then you've got four, and then a Jordan Houghton sat waiting to be transitioned against. Is is that just we just got to put up with that because that's the that's the strategy we've backed. That's that's a really good point, actually, Tom. Um, I, I, the answer to there, I don't quite know. However, when when they think about systems, every system will have a vulnerability. Every system, not every system is flawless. So, you know, I think Jordan Houghton's had a really good season so far. He's been excellent. One thing I don't think he's got is legs. He's not the most athletic, so he can't get around. So if you, that doesn't mean I don't think he's a good player. I think he's an outstanding football player. Um, but when when he's left, there's a base player on his own and we get counted on and maybe the likes of a Rands or a Kundal or a Zaz are kind of committed, you then kind of get that, overload centrally and you might get exposed and you know whether whether there's discussions that might have been had or might be have in the future where they actually go with the two base and invite the fullbacks to push on so you still get that box so you got back two and a base two um and it invites the fullbacks to go and then you get that connection between the wide players and the inner midfield players i don't know because you know you could also then, um, if they get countered, one of the base two could sit in and make a back three. You could go to a complete back four and kind of just sit and screen, or you can stay as a box. But it for me, it depends on how the the midfield players, the, the two tens or the two eights, call them what you may, how they respond in transition. And if you get caught in possession and you can't get back in, you are naturally going to get exposed. And um you know, we look at the Leeds game, for example. I think that there was a genuine error right on the edge of the box, and then and then Plaggy, I think, got caught trying to play out, just step in, didn't he? he? Got got dispossessed. And downside to it is when you get caught in transition, um, you're out of balance, and if you're out of balance, it's very hard to get into balance quickly. Um, and and in a league that we're in now, they're just getting punished quicker than they've ever done, and that seems to be the, a little bit of a recurring theme. Um, but one I think is is manageable. I think they can eradicate it with, with time. Yeah, and just to pick up on that, <clears throat> I'm so far out of my depth here, by the way. <laughs> just yes, let, let me let me add to that. Um <laughs> I think the other thing is that it's more obvious when you play a really good opposition. Oh of course. Like, in, in the really simple terms, yeah. it's much higher risk when you're playing Leeds than when you're playing Huddersfield. Yeah. Um and there are a few of those home games where We've talked about them live and said, you know, it was a great performance, but in fairness, the opposition missed two or three sitters. Mm. And I guess over the course of a season, you're kind of back in that as well, right? That the risk of losing the ball in a dangerous area looks much like Leeds, but they did it twice and they score. Other games, they won't. Yeah. And yeah, but the bit about how I just think we need someone nastier in midfield. <laughs> I think we're too nice. And I think we tried to combat that since the last international break with a few. I don't know. Yellow cards. Yeah. For me, that, that, yeah. The summary, it's very easy to say we've got a great attack and a weak defense. I think you overlook, I overlook the fact that what we really need, if if you had a stellar, seasoned, horrible person in the middle of that midfield, that, that would make a huge difference based on the formation. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Absolutely. And, and I think that, I think going on back to the statistics again, um, the speed of transition was high. The, 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 the number of fouls that the, the team had committed, I think they were bottom two 
So you could see it against West Brom. Whenever they got caught on the counter, they just pulled them down. They got around the ball. They were ugly. And I, I mean, I said at halftime, I think I, I covered that game as well. I, I not think I did. And I thought it was one of the best defensive displays so far this season from transition where they made it difficult to get past and they they were on point and all right, they had seven or eight yellow cards in the game and five or six of them were blatant. Um, but uh, that showed a, a different side. You know, people are talking about how good we are going forward and how weak we are going the other way. And I, I thought they were resolute. And I was actually, I, I thought West Brom that were there for the taking first half in particular, we could have easily been two or three up and they, and every team is always going to come back into it. Um, and I didn't think we definitely didn't hold on. Um, we were worthy of a point at least, but I think on another day we'd have left there maybe two, three nil winners, you know. And yeah, you know, yeah. I was dis- I was disappointed with the point, mate. I was disappointed yeah. with the point, and its context, like you're saying, we'd come off the back of two the the two home defeats were were disasters, probably a bit strong, but they've aged horribly. They're not good results. We considering how well we've got to do at home, it felt like. And it, it, you'd said it earlier about every system has deficiencies and it felt like we overdid it. We needed to prove it to ourselves. We were fouling. And then actually West Brom didn't turn up and we didn't no. get that many shots at goal. So it's interesting. I, I, what I hope Shuey will do is find this balance where he's not fully overcompensating one or the other, because actually whilst it was a good defensive display, like you say, it's not, it's, it's against the grain of everything else we've done this season, which is do what we're good at. Don't, don't compromise on it to uh, overcompensate on what we're not good at, and and maybe we'll win more games like that. And obviously, we're looking for more win. You know, we're 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 more about win lose win lose rather than picking up the odd point. But it felt like that was more of an experiment to ourselves. And it, like you say, I'm, I thought we should have won that game. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree on the balance of things, especially first half. I mean. You know, when you when you're live and your 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 emotion, you're trying to reflect on what's just happened. I was really impressed with everyone's performance, and then, you know, I was trying to be really positive to say actually, like we've we've opened them up quite easily and and should should could could easily and should be in front. Um, and then when you look back on it now, you go actually they'll rue those 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 chances they created first half because that would have taken the game away from West Brom because they'd have had to come out and change the way that they played and that would have left the gaps. I think we're a good counter-attacking team and I think Norwich, the, the Norwich game was the um, the epitome of that. Um, and, and you know, I'd love to see them go away from home, sit and soak and, and, and nick a 1-0, a, nick a, a, a 2-1 because it it will add to the the variety of how they can play. Um, and you don't, want to, you don't want to end up becoming a team where you can only play one way because the better teams will, will work you out. And I, I, you just don't know that when they play against the type of team like Leeds, they say, let them have the ball. Don't worry about getting behind the ball because we'll win it off them and we'll hit them on the counter because we've got good enough players. We've got internationals who can do that. So that's a bit of a risk reward. But, you know, we'll soon see when they play the likes of Leicester and, you know, it's coming up in a few weeks. Yeah, Aaron, we play Sunderland on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, you were talking about, you know, missing a certain type of player or Chris was, you know, the bite and how and lacking legs, you know, what about having a conversation with Sunderland about Jay Matete? Because he's got bite and he's got legs. He'd be someone that certainly, I mean, we're not rivals to Sunderland this season. Not yet. Anyway. Um, so they'll be looking to give him some game time at Argo, I reckon. Absolutely, and, and he came in and did well last year, didn't he? He was very, he was very committed. I mean, he did he leave highest, you know, yellow card collector? I don't know. He was up there, wasn't he? He seemed to be collecting one every week. And but 
what he what I thought he did really well is he disrupts the flow of the game and and you know I think that is needed at times. You need a blend of player, don't you? You you can't just have the same type of player um, because that can then limit your variety and what you can do. Um, you need someone who can just stick their foot in and break it up and be nasty and you know be be ugly and and do the stuff that you know that the flamboyant players don't want to do and. Mark, I think it's a good point. I, I don't, you know, I, I wouldn't disagree if a Jay Matete came in and, and offered a, an additional option. Um, I'd welcome it, to be honest. Aaron, in preparation for this pod, I was listening to some of your previous stuff on other Argyle podcasts. Yes, there are others. Yeah. Um, what? Your, you, your spoiler, your big, your, one of your big mantras seems to be development to me. Mm. Over 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 winning especially with your coaching days with youth football yeah um and bringing that into senior football especially if you put yourself in Shuey's shoes when he's changed things up quite substantially with the four at the back how and when when you're you know when you go into Ashton Gate and that result happens or you're possibly not collecting as many points as you envisaged how, how long do you leave it you know how 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 long do you stick or twist essentially? Because you've got the pressure of points yeah. in that yeah. in that world. I think yeah. one thing that Shuey's got is he's got the support of a chairman who will yeah. give him as much time as he needs. Um, you know, I'm glad he's not being being ruled by someone who you know on a flip of a coin will, will bring someone else in because I don't I don't think no. that will bring stability. Um, we have to remember he's only been in the job. What's he been in? Two years, just over, just under. Mm. You know, just, just coming out so, of Yeah, and 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 I think if I think they've, they've been quite shrewd with their signings, um, and I think they want players who will fit their identity and what that identity will look like. I'm a big believer. I appreciate at the top end results mean kind of everything. They do. If you don't win games, mm. then you're not going to get anywhere. It doesn't matter how much you develop. But I'm also a big process person. I believe that if you can get the process right. In time, the byproduct will be the results you want. Um, I appreciate money plays a big part. You know, I'd love to know the the Leeds wage bill compared to ours last <laughs> week. And you know, and yeah. we've got internationals on the bench coming on and, and whatnot. But you know, I, I still think it's extremely early. Archie said, "With what we mm. just third over, just a third into the season." Mm. You know, if if we were to win three of the next four games, we probably go above halfway, don't we? Yeah, yeah. There's so many variables in that, Aaron, isn't it? You're right. I mean, again, there's the bit that you know, Shuey's got Simon's support. We could get relegated. He won't get the sack. Mm. From, to be honest, Willie. Um, but you're right. We we don't know, do we? We don't like you say it's early, but in in ten twenty games, it might be if you're the wrong side of the line, you've got to do something. It can't be that at the moment we're kind of let's stick to what we do and let's pick points up at this rate. This is how we do it. And we're okay with it, and, and and it'll come a time where we might not. I hark back to the Exeter game away last year. We'd had the Wembley result. It wasn't. We'd gone to Morecambe and won. But we weren't playing well. Lincoln had done us. And that was a, there's six games to go. And if we don't do X, we're not going to win the league. And it felt like if we don't win every game, we're not going to get promoted. And we went to Exeter and put what I would what I would call a Derek in. Yeah, we put a Derek Adams in. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, you're, you're right to point out Shuey's two years in. Shuey's two years into a managerial career where he's won nearly every, you know, won most matches. He's not had the the spells of you know how his predecessor did Ryan you know four or five six defeats where you think God I've got to change something because this is just 
um, you know, going the same. Well, actually, his strength has been overturning defeats, isn't it? I mean, last year, maybe it was maybe one in a row. This year, occasionally, it's been one or two bad performances in a row. Um, we, we don't know. And, uh, you know, we'll only know when we know. There's a lot of mitigating factors, like you said. I mean, the budgets, you said how competitive this league is. I mean, it, it's in, it's insane, isn't it? Is there a league in the world where there's such a big chasm? Obviously, in the Premier League, the money's bigger, but everybody gets flat TV money. I mean, here, we're like, you know, 14 million plays, hundreds of millions. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, that, and, and, and this league will still attract high-profile players because of what they can be paid. You know, I don't think a high-profile player is going to want to come in the league for the sake of it. If the salary's right for them, they're probably going to take it. And, you know, as much as they probably want to play in the Premier League, some of them probably have already played in the Premier League and they perhaps want to want to test themselves in this division to win the championship and go up as a winner. And, you know, and, and that, that's an attractive um, uh, you know, opportunity for them. Um, but, you know, for me, from what I've seen so far, I, I think... You've, you've got to accept the teams that are better than us. You just have to. Mm. That's that's part of the, the, the scenario we're in. There are teams out there that are, that are better. They've got a better budget. They've got better players. But from what I've seen, you know, the Middlesbrough game in particular, I thought we were excellent at times. Really outstanding. Yeah. And we've been excellent. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, we, we, yeah. we've been the best of them. I'd agree. I think what I was trying to allude to, it probably came across a lot more negative than I intended, was... If we were having this conversation in the last international break, my alarm bells are properly ringing. <laughs> is that, is that uh, after the after Millwall and Swansea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think it was a poor. If we're being honest, it was a poor set of games. Poor. It was a humbling set of games itself for that. Um, and going back to my kind of development point, which you're you're so keen on, Aaron. For me, I've seen so much development in this five week mm. in this five set of games. Huge development, and. That's fascinating to me that Shuey's kind of stuck with it, yet he's clearly done a lot of work in the last international break. He identified that, didn't he, in the press that, you know, that <laughs> there's lots of work on. And they did. And it's, and you know, the, the fruits of their labor are, are, are now there to see because I feel we've stepped up a huge gear in the last block of games. Yeah. Would, you, would you share that opinion? Or? Well, no, absolutely. I think we, we've looked great in, like, say, those attacking transitions in particular, starting to show an element of resoluteness at times. I no. thought the Middlesbrough game was just a brilliant game for the spectacle. Sorry, I keep talking about the Middlesbrough game, but it was just a great game for the spectacle anyway, uh, for the neutral. It was a thriller. Um, yeah. And you can only, you can only credit Chewie and the coaching staff for, for the fact that they've gone away. They've reflected on things with purpose by the looks of it. And there there's full intention there. There's yeah. an intention to try and improve people and, and, and get them to buy into it. And if you can see the intentions at time and it don't, it might not, quite bring the consistency just yet you'd like to think in time it will um and i know no one's got a crystal ball and come christmas if we're you know going in the wrong direction then people will start to be questioning things but i'd like to think that the, the quality that we have in the squad and the way in which we can play will take us in the direction we want to go um yeah. just need Eric, to Eric, as as we can. can i ask you a question that i ask what? everyone who is professionally involved with football sure why are corners so hard <laughs> Do you know what? That's a good point. That is a good point. Um, well, I'm trying not to mention how terrible we are at them. But I'm genuinely interested as to, like you mentioned, the strategy and the the way they yeah. unpick stuff and everything else. What is it that makes it so hard? <sighs> it depends, isn't it? It depends on for me. Uh, it, 
the quality of the delivery has got to be there and they need to have an idea. I mean, I, I don't know what goes on during the week, whether they purposefully work on them or whether they kind of have a, a bit of a plan, you know, for an hour on Friday afternoon or Friday afternoon before the game and say, look, we're going to do a bit of this. Um, you can kind of tell when something is worked. Um, but I think if if they can identify good areas and, you know, get your best headers of the ball attacking free space, I think you can have a plan. It, it, it's, I've already seen this year that how well they are collectively by building the play and moving through the thirds. I, I think I think you can create a set piece um, understanding that will lead to, it'd be great to score five or six goals from set plays because that could be all the difference. But um, in terms of why they're so, so hard, I don't think they're hard. I just think, You've got you've got to have a game plan, haven't you? And sometimes yeah. you haven't got one. You kind of hope. Well, like anecdotally, just... Aaron, that footballers don't like set pieces are not enjoyed by professional footballers. Yeah, that's not that's not a fun part no, of don't. training. No, they, they find it they find it unrealistic because um, you, 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 your team you're up against, especially if it's shadow play. If you're not attacking, if you've got no one to work off, you haven't got a stimulus to work off. You're not really working your space, and then you probably don't want that to happen full. 100% commitment prior to a game because you don't have any injuries. So I, I don't know what the trade-off is, but just having an idea, I think. And and ha, you you said, I can't remember, is it Chris said about being too nice? Have we got players who are willing to head a ball through a block of players? You know, we talk about that desire to get there, like a, a Yapstam type player, you know? Yeah, I think we've maybe got one. And something you said there is making me smile to myself. Like, maybe we do practice them but against ourselves. So yeah, I, I, actually one of our weakest points is being at the back. So every week it must be, you're right. It's kind of pointless chucking the ball in against our own center halves. Yeah. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying they do that. That's just my assumption. Not, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. I get it. I mean, if, if you're practicing against the same people, then it doesn't feel real. I don't know, but. Well, uh, my, uh, my early new year's resolution. Now we've had a week off is to stop moaning about it. We've got so much to be positive about. Yeah, yeah. I, there's a part of me listening to you is maybe it's not a priority because if we get better at it, it's not our strength. So maybe we just take them short and just accept the fact that's not a part of our kind of winning plan. Yeah, I yeah, mean, there's, but... there's been a couple this year that have gone short and nothing's mirrored, nearly nothing has materialized. And it does look like there was no idea what they were going to do. Even I've seen that. I thought, well, what was the point of going short just because someone's available doesn't mean it's the right decision. Um, but if it's a, a worked thing and it doesn't quite come off, I think that's different when you can see a rotation. I mean, if you, if you, the Middlesbrough game, I say it again, the Middlesbrough game, they had a chance in the first half where I can't remember who it was, might have been the big centre half. He looped back around the back post and came in at a free attempt. I think Coop saved it. And if you watch it back, they have blockers. They block the runs of whoever was marking him, it might have been Dan Scar, I can't remember, but. They just block him and then he, he loops around the back and he gets free and it's a and it's a free chance. And that's worked. That's choreographed that. That's de- definitely something that they've worked on. You're making a point about, you know, set plays not being really practiced so often. But surely, you know, looking back to uh, long ball merchants, ALO's football, Tony Pulis, Neil Warnock, they built a whole career on it, hmm. being very good at set plays and defending set plays and being strong and resolute in defence. They've, they've built a whole career on it. So it's something that, you know, hopefully it doesn't bite, you know, rear its ugly head too much that we're not I'm so personally really... 
I'm personally a big fan of set plays because, um, Ari, you said it's unrealistic, but there's only a, if you think of drills, how many drills do you know roughly where people are going to be? It's corners and kickoffs, really. I love kickoff routines. We should do it more often because you know you're going to get one. And if you're Argo, you know you're going to get about three or four. Yeah. Um, the, we, um, what I try and check myself on it is we're an understaffed, team with no money and we've so we've got what we've got we've had to i'm amazed really and like chris said that we've that we've got the talent that we've got we've got no money we've got no income football league football largely there's data that correlates between what you spend on wages roughly gets you what you pay for so i think we're doing well and then you know i watched southampton come down you know watch that game aaron their bench i don't think all their staff fit on the bench you know wow. they've got two set piece coaches yeah. I think we're just picking, and we're picking our battles. I, I feel in in some ways, I don't think we can do it all. No, I think that's a really good point, Tom. To be honest, and like I say, if you've got the um, opportunity to to bring in lots of staff to work on specific elements, then all of a sudden you've got such a bigger operation that allows people to go and do their job. They're getting paid to do set plays, you know, so therefore they're going to invest all their time in that. And I think that's spot on. And, and not only that, they'll be working with the data to go with it. And if we're understaffed. I think they have to prioritise what they think they can, you know, how many points they can try and accrue with the best of what they got. And perhaps set plays is not neglected. I don't think it's neglected, but it, perhaps it's not. Not, not prioritised, right? Yeah. And, and if you go back to where we started, we're prioritising above everything else, attacking in a really exciting and mm. successful way. Which again, maybe it's just not having a defeat yesterday helps you think that, but like, oh. That's what we all want, isn't it? No, yeah, we, we yeah, we certainly are. I mean, the the, the goal difference is um, there for all to see with, with the entertainers of the league. I would say, um, yeah. Look, to wrap up, it's been a fantastic start, hasn't it? In terms of entertainment, the goals, um, work to do for sure, work to do. But like we said, those last set of games have been really reassuring. I would say for me, for us as a fan base. And I'm excited to see what comes next. Uh, we'll leave part one here. In part two, we'll move on to individual players because there's um, a lot to get into there as well. All right, we'll be back in a bit. All right, welcome back to part two. Um, we'll now be looking at the individual players. Speaking of individual players, Aaron, one of your many um, occupations, you're a busy man, is yeah. individual coaching now, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. It was something that um, kind of transpired this side of COVID, really. Um, now, I left the football club seven odd years ago from their academy um, and then started to do some smaller stuff. And then more recently, it's last two, three years, I started to do some position specific work, which has led to working with a number of players, you know, those those in the first team as well. So it's nice to, be able to work with them on a more personal level to try and just mm -hmm. drill into the key points that to help their game then support. The, the, the team itself yeah well i don't want to be accused of resulting here but aaron i mean you've had a couple of drills that ryan has definitely scored two goals you've coached ryan hardy individually yeah and some of the stuff you've been working on is actually it's unlike it doesn't normally happen like this i'm assuming but identical scenarios on the pitch and yielded results yeah 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 i mean that's what i try to do with my coaching i always try and set it up in an area that they can expect when they play so it's just representative practice design and we do it with um, their input so it's not just me saying look listen you got to do this we I talk to them and I get feedback while I'm there on 
what what's going through their head in this scenario? What happens here? What happens there? And you know, the the, the, the Ryan ones, the one Huddersfield start of the year, and then the Sheffield Wednesday more recently. Um, you know, they were he's capable. But what what I tried to get them to do is focus more on process rather than outcome. So rather than just you know, we just tweaked a few bits, and you know, I I, I text him the morning after his goal against Sheffield Wednesday, and his his response was aim outside the post because that's what <laughs> we were focusing on because yeah. of the technique and where he was running from. And so all I try to do, Japs, is I just try to give them knowledge on how a process can influence the outcome. And yeah. we try to do it. We try, you know, I haven't got any footage of this and, you know, so people will have to accept it. But um, the, the the goal that Ben Wayne scored against Crystal Palace was something we did a, a, a few days before where we were working on awkward finishing. and. Mm-hmm. That finish was was a carbon copy of the stuff we'd been doing, you know. So rather than just focus on good contact, just getting good body shape and getting good contact when a ball is awkward, and it happened right, you know, okay. in the first five minutes. That was going to be my question: awkward finishing. I haven't heard that term before, but you've um you answered it already. Yeah. So rather uh, than being imbalanced, just just at different heights and learning to readjust your body and just focus on okay. good contact rather than trying to lash it. Okay. Uh, Ryan Hardy, he's he's an interesting one, isn't he? We, uh, part one, the underlying theme was probably development, development of the team off-season and throughout the season thus far. Um, look, it's not, a, it's not a secret. We're short up front and Ryan Hardy's had a pretty outstanding season thus far, isn't he? And I, I would say it's come on a fair way since League One, which was not a bad season. No, absolutely. And I think it goes back to conversations, I think. He came in, we did four or five sessions in pre-season and, or leading up to pre-season. And I had a good chat with him about how, what type of player do you see yourself as? What you like 1v1? What you like here? And, you know, it said, well, you, you're a professional footballer, but you be, be, be prepared to, to build on your game and work on it and add layers. And, you know, just because they're professional players. It doesn't mean that they can't develop and improve. And I think he's testament to that. Um, I think he's taken his game, as you already alluded to, actually to a new level from last season. Um, he's a goal scorer. I think his general team play has been good. He brings others into it. He's, he's a good passer of the ball. Um, mm-hmm. His work rate is phenomenal. And he's clever with his moves as well. There were a couple of times last year that he, I think it's when Callum Wright might have scored, might have been against Cheltenham. And... You know, all the plaudits went for a great through ball. I, don't, I can't remember who played the through ball. It might have been Rands. And then Callum Wright's finishing. But it was it was Ryan Hardy's movement. He ran across, laterally across the pitch. I took a centre-half with him, made a gaping hole, and someone played the ball through. And he didn't get any recognition for it. I mean, I mean not saying that Shewin that wouldn't have done. They probably did. But as an outsider, I was like, that's actually an outstanding, intelligent movement where he's mm. just run out of the way. He's taken a defender with him, and it's left a gaping hole. Um, it's, not, it's harder to see on TV as well, right? Yeah, By definition, it's focused yeah. on. I remember my brother-in-law went to the Russia World Cup and said, by far and away, the best player he saw was Sterling, right? Um, yeah. And similar mould. But he's like, you, you when you're in the, when you're in the ground, you see how much he does. Yeah. Whereas what you focus on is sometimes he at that time he was tripping over his own feet and yeah, getting yeah. a lot of stick. But he said, like in the stadium. Mm-hmm. And I think Ryan's a bit like that. But if you're privileged enough to watch it live, you probably see it more. Um, yeah. Also, as someone, you know, tactically inept that struggles to work out how many players are on the field, right? I'm not you. It also seems, I'm, put, I'm not, you don't need to answer this, but he's always at his best when he doesn't have to think. 
like instinct is his strength. And it may be that to your point, adding process when you've actually got a split second to think about it, it makes a lot of sense that he's now, because at any level throughout the leagues, it's always been like, oh God, he's got too much time here. He's going to overthink it. Whereas yeah. if it's just flashing in front of him, he yeah. was excellent. So that's, yeah, that's, I can see how it's working. That's a really good point, Chris. I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand with my work at university. So, you know, a lot of my reading is around how the brain functions and things like that. And there's a couple of books out there, one by Dan Kahneman on thinking fast and slow. We talk about system one and two with the brain. So brain two focuses on problem solving, which takes a lot longer. Brain one is more instinctive decision making. And when you're playing a fast paced game like football, you have to be instinctive. So I, I, I see the training pitch as your building blocks. So we can get it wrong on the training pitch. And we can, and if you look back to Ryan's goal against Sheffield Wednesday, he isn't really thinking much. He's just doing because we had done a lot of work in that space where, you know, by the way, it wasn't flawless. He was getting things way wrong. And that was okay because that's the place to get it wrong. That's the problem solving bit. That's the slower bit. We did it slow to start with, then we did it a bit quicker. And then you want that transfer to game day where he doesn't have to think, but he knows. And if he knows, he acts quickly. There's your, your system one brain working, bang, you know, instinctive. And that, you know, talk we talk about you look at Harry Kane, is as good as a finisher he is, you you see the stuff, the, the stuff he does away from the actual main training, his finishing is all problem solving and building, and then it becomes instinctive in a game. And I just think players can do that. If you can keep adding detail to your game, they will get better because they've already got the clay that makes them a professional athlete in the first place. But now you're refining this piece of clay and you're giving it an, a, a brain. You, you're only going to get better players. Is that how he develops against the low block? Aunt? That I, I've got very little patience with anybody who, who you know, there's, there's a lot of nonsense that criticises Ryan sometimes. And there's a lot of people going to games a minute. So I don't know where these people are that are either not watching the game or are watching the game that come up with these opinions. But against Norwich... He was sensational. I don't think he scored a goal, but he no. created all the mayhem. Uh, or in that three with with um, Whitaker and Azaz, he was great. He's great off the ball as a lone striker pressing. He's unbelievable off the shoulder. He'd give a Premier League defence a game. We've seen that with Chelsea. He struggles against a low block. Last year, um, where a team was playing a low block, he was uh, you know Ennis or Cosgrove came in at that time, and then we we shook it up. Is that just is that who he is, or is there a way that he can, you know, he's got his physical attributes, but if he builds on his decision making and his instinctiveness, is that how and, and, and is that how he outthinks the low block? Is that where you would yeah. see him developing? Yeah, potentially. I think I'd also, if I was working with him more regularly, I would have him working on close proximity one v one, so trying to find exit routes by developing his foot patterns, you know, working his feet, and he, he's openly admitted he's not. He's not like a Luke Cundall where he's just going to little in the Esther in between and drive through and Azaz. He'll admit that. But I think you can build that in. And normally with a low block, there's limited amounts of room. So therefore, he can't open his legs fully, but he's not going to nudge his way through defences because, one, he's probably never had to. And if he's never had to, it means he's never practised it. So if he's never practised it, he's never going to be any good at it. So... It's kind of mm. like it goes hand in hand, doesn't it? You know, it, but it, it, again, it goes back to what Chris said earlier about priorities. What are you prioritizing? Um, you know, do you need? That's why you need variety, yeah. So if you if you've got Ryan for a type of game, then you bring in another type of player for, you know, a team that does a low block potentially. Mm. It's, it's a it's a stick or twist, isn't it? Do you do you yeah. work on what you're weak at, or do you get better at the stuff you're already good at? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. 
on that, because it sounds like I might know what I'm talking about, which I don't. So let me go back to my normal. <laughs> when before we get to other players, when when you watch a game now, especially one with that, I don't know. There's no interest in. If you're watching a game of football as a neutral, I don't know how to describe it. Are you seeing patterns and methods of improvement, or have you have you lost the ability just to let a game wash over you? Um, yeah, I have lost the ability to let. Have a game. You? Yeah, and it's it's quite frustrating. I'm not going to lie. Honestly, it's frustrating because I just want to watch it. That's why I've started watching basketball. So watching the Plymouth Patriots, yeah, because they train at our place. I've been to a last few kind of games and I watch it live on the streams on, the, on a Sunday night normally. And I have no clue what's going on, but I, I'm interested. So one thing I've noticed with basketball, and I'm not professing to know what I'm talking about there, is they get caught when they don't scan very well out of possession. So it kind of, my brain switches on, but I tried yeah. not to. But I was just watching the um, the, the Chelsea Liverpool game yesterday for the the, win, the WSL game, and I can see, see for me, Chris, I can see sessions in it. So I mean, I, I did. A, a, I was on Twitter earlier today, and I saw something to do with Maurizio Sarri in in a, in, a, in Italy, and I was like, "There's a session right there." And in fact, I'm probably going to do a video of it in the next few weeks. Just I can see I can see improvement where that could get better, and I can I can see the breakdowns of it. Um, and, and, and it goes, I mean, I study Argyle more than anything now because I've got a, vet, a lot more of a vested interest than ever because of players I'm working with and two, you know, helping with the, the analysis side of it, the punditry. Um, I, I, it's, I, I want them to do well. So I, I, I try to <coughs> see how they play. And when they, when they start a game, I'm, I'm always watching. I'm trying to figure out what they're trying to do rather mm. than just doing the game, the ball mm. flowing. Yeah, I'll be yeah. watching away from the ball quite a lot. And how possible. Uh, speaking of people we want to do well, I think um, Ben Wayne fits into that category. He seems to have our our hearts, so to say, um, since moving from the Wellington Phoenix back in January. Uh, I was actually in New Zealand at the time, and it was a truly bizarre moment to have Plymouth Argyle on national news. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they were referred to that, the Plymouth Argyle. Um, <laughs> they weren't quite sure that he would make it in the rough and tumble of English football, I think they were saying. Um, yeah, look, he he divides the fan base, so let's have it right. We're not quite sure what to make of him. What does he offer Argyle in your in your opinion? It for me, he offers goals, and people mm. might question that. But when how many starts has he had? Six, yeah, it's not a lot. Yeah, six. What's he scored? Four goals. Mm. You know, so I appreciate two were against uh, Leighton Orient and the other one was against the Premier League opponent, Crystal Palace, and obviously scored just before last week against Leeds. And, you know, he, he he's not, I think he's got a lot to offer, but it does, he's not a lone striker, put it that way. He's not a number nine that's going to run you. He's not a hardy where you're going to run in behind. He's going to stretch defences. He's a type of player that needs someone close to him. So, so I think he's got he's got a poacher's nose, if you want to call it that, or an eye, or an ear, call it what you may. As in, he, he can stand in the right place. He studies the game. He's very methodical, um, and I do think he's got a bright future. You know, whether whether this league has come slightly too early for him, I I, I don't know. But um, I, I think the club have got to get well. The fans in particular, they've got to get behind him because you know he he, he can offer qualities um and he will get better but i appreciate how he divides opinion because 
you know, Ryan is a different type of player. And you've got Mustafa Bundu's coming now, who looks like he's very athletic as well. Um, and I think between the three of them, they could they could support each other well. Um, but I don't pick the team. So, you know, it looked mm. like after the Bristol City game, when I thought they were all poor, to be honest, that night. And it would be harsh to just, you know, highlight him mm. and someone like Lewis Warrington. They were all poor that night. Um, but, but then Ben didn't play for a few weeks, did he? We, we talked at the start of the pod that we backed the system early doors, Aaron, didn't we? This is how we're going to play. Yeah. Four at the back and we're going to go and do what we do. And my gut is that Ben, that system doesn't suit Ben. So it he's not starting and then he's not, and then he comes into it and it's not suited to him. No, it didn't. It, against Middlesbrough, he was too isolated. So if you had Barley on one side with Azaz supporting as a, a little two, and then Morgan Whitaker and Luke Cundall the other side. And you had Ben in the middle and the gaps were huge between him and the rest of everyone else. And he, and it wasn't like they were trying to play it into him and he was holding it up as a big kind of Lukaku type number nine to roll and bring others in. He's not that type of player either. But mm. for me, he's probably a better player going the other way. So what I mean by that is if you've got a number nine who's willing to stick, you know, with their back to goal, he's probably better running off the inner shoulders of that player where he's, he's connected and he's a much better player when he's got two or three players mm. with him rather than trying to do it on his own. From what I've seen, you know, I've not seen massive amounts of him. And it might be, like you've said, Tom, that the um, system doesn't suit him as an individual, especially if he's going to be a number nine. Personally. Just to validate, me, Mark and I watched the Palace game together. The system was different that night. Mm. I know that the... the, 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 the formation you lay him out where you draw the players from the kickoff might have looked the same but the the he was a one and there was four behind him but it was a flat attacking four mm. which really went they almost went man for man against crystal palace's back four and he was the spare man and he could get into those awkward little pockets and play with his back to goal like you say it felt that was the only time i've seen that we built the attacking patterns of play around his strengths and we've not seen it since no, and that and that might be result orientated. The mm. fact that had we won, if we'd have won four of the last five games, and then we get injuries, maybe they would have done that. But you, you don't know whether against Palace, for example, they went with that system, and then they brought on Eze and Co, and they tore us tore us to shreds shred, for six minutes, didn't they? And you, you don't know whether that's almost been traumatic for them, and they didn't want to repeat of that against better opponents. I don't know. I'm speculating here, but it. You know, I agree. And because, you know, Ben isn't first choice, Ryan is, why would they build a system around someone who isn't first choice? Of course, I mean, it's crucial to um, go back to the fact that he came in, Ben Wayne says, he came in when we were toggling between the two and one up front, you know? She was almost changing at every match at that point. But it was very normal for us to be playing two up front and possibly... It would have been a different story had Shui stuck with that formation going into this season. Um, so, yeah, to, to, to finish up on Ben Wayne, so essentially, what are we, what are we saying? He, we need to see him in a different formation with playing in a two. We need, we need to stop scapegoating him for I agree. Bad results. I agree. I agree. Go on, Chris. Sorry, I interrupted him. It's... it's 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 just uh, for those of us that have supported the club for years. There's always one like whenever you have a tough season, we as a fan base tend to associate it with an individual, and that individual may be not having the best of seasons, but it's a very very bad habit, and I mm. think we should stop. 
I think yeah. we've got to be careful not to um, when when perhaps you're not. And I'm, by the way, this is aimed at you guys. It's just in general the generalization. When when perhaps someone isn't our top player that you you, you know everyone kind of moves towards when he does something well we're kind of waiting for it for it to go wrong to say oh see he isn't there whereas someone who on the other side you kind of we were we're more lenient with them um and i know he's a professional footballer and he's an athlete and he puts himself in that domain but he's still a human and he's still getting better and he's still learning the game and i think he has got a bright future whether that's with this club or not i'd love it to be because i've seen him away from you know the, the pitch and his work ethic is tremendous he studies it he looks at all his data he's very committed and he just needs that little break and that little and that break will come from the fans I think getting behind him and and you know showing that they have got full support um and if we can do that it, it, it who knows how it might make him feel it might make him feel a million dollars and and he he gets that little break that we all hope he'll get moving forward yeah yeah, no fingers fingers crossed. I think we'd all love love um, love it to see Ben do well. And it is really hard. I think he's come on so many times with these little cameos when yeah. you know it's, it feels like the system's always got almost gone out, gone out the window. And maybe that's really poor take from me. But you know, uh, when we're losing, especially at home, last five ten minutes, and it's like, you know, <laughs> it does feel a bit. It's, it's all gone. It's, we're kind of onto Plan D at that point, possibly. Yeah, and I think it feels like he's on a hiding to nothing. Like, what can yeah. Ben Wayne do in those situations? Not yeah. a lot, really. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I have a basic one though, Aaron. I mean, help me with this. He tends to be brushed off the ball very, very easily, mm. and without beat around the bush he falls on his ass a lot okay yeah yeah really yeah. and I'm I, I want him really want him to do well and we've invested a fair bit of money in him yeah, that's true. yeah. Um, you know those are pretty you know those two things are very important that he moves on from that and gets stronger yeah I agree but, and that that's something that can be developed can't it you know he can work with Elliot the S&C coach and and do some moving stuff where he's falling and learning to control his body. And and for me, that is trainable. That is whether they are doing it. I don't know. I'd like to think that they are, but it's definitely trainable, you know, learning to move in space, dynamic stability, learning to roll a defender, know what that feels like, invite pressure is trainable. Um, And hopefully they're doing that behind the scenes and we'll start to see those, those, those progressions in time but it's a valid point mark and i get where because because he's not blisteringly quick it's not like he can ride tackles and he's away it just seems like he's running shoulder to shoulder and the bigger lad just leans in and over he goes um and i, I think that's something that can be trained um for sure football fans are fickle I, barry hales used to put his ass about all the time and then i would just complain about him getting yellow cards all the time i'm like barry you got another yellow card um <laughs> we just always complain about it. we always, like chris said it's very Plymouth to look at the 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 the, the, the negatives and not the positives and i i, I take that on board he, he's ben's who we've got i want him to do well we're not getting anybody else until january if, if, if at all yeah i do think he's on a little bit of hiding to nothing because i think he was bought with a different system in mind and we've gone a yeah. different direction yeah um but I hope he. I hope he gets. I hope. Mm. I hope he gets goals. Because to be honest, if if he's getting goals, even if it's because he's the spare man tapping them in, then he's then he's done his business, isn't he? Yeah, we need him to do well because we don't know if Hardy will come back. You know, to that level of fitness. Bundu, you know, it's still an open book. So mm. it, we really, I think that was that was the point when Hardy and Bundu got 
knocked off in the same game, we were we were left like, oh, you know, he's our only striker, and we're we're in the shit basically. So it was a bit of a wake up call. Uh, we really need him to hit the back of the net. That's for mm. sure. I must admit, I am elevating Azaz now to my player of the season so far for two reasons. One, I think he's been great. And secondly, I don't, it was pretty public knowledge. I don't think he'd mind me sharing, but there's um, something on the St. Luke's Hospice Facebook page, if you ever want to hang out somewhere, um, where a guy I went to school with, he came in to visit him, which he does. And apparently he does that pretty much every Wednesday. How old is he? 22, 23? Wow. And this is a guy who, on his day off, spends most of it doing stuff like that. And I think that seems normal in our club now, which is really weird. Like, it's it's surprising someone of that age, but not surprising that that is what Plymouth Argyle Football Club now do. And I think if you watch all the words around community spirit and the Project 35, again, Maybe it is just having a week with nothing to watch, but seeing that, you're like, God, it really it's great that they're making a difference in the community. And you know, if he's doing that off the pitch as well as what he's doing on it, fair play to him. I think good guys. Did I took such heart there, Aaron, where you were telling me about um the players you're coaching. They're doing they're just to clarify, they're doing that off their own back. Yeah, that's coming out of their own pockets, personal development, just because they're not millionaire footballers who want to take their pay back and go home at half eleven. Yeah, they they want to get better. They want to. They want to be better individuals. They want to do well for Plymouth Argyle Football Club. Yeah, they do. They do. And the, 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 I can only speak for the ones I've worked with, but they all seem really genuine people. Nice people, first and foremost. We want them to be good footballers for this football club, but good people. And I think if you're good people, people are going to want to see you do well, and they want to support you. And you know, Chris, I didn't know that about Finn. Like, I think that's fabulous. You know, and that's mm. testament to his character. And that's probably an upbringing thing. That's just not him going. I'm a fo- I'm a pro footballer. Let, let me go and do something nice. That's probably that's genuine, isn't it? If he's doing it every week, that's, yeah. You know, Seems incredible. We just need go back to what you said earlier. We need somebody else who is equally pleasant, but a little nastier. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Just, just keep it. You can just turn them just before kick just off. Turn them, yeah. You want one of those that, one of, you know, you hear that about players like, God, he was such a nice bloke, but as soon as he stepped onto the pitch, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was a different person. Let's go and find one of them. I'll tell you what, what, though. I do wonder if the academy system in, in development football in this country has changed so much that I, I wonder if that type of player exists as much as it used to. Going back into like the nineties, uh, again, it's a speculation. I don't know, but it's logical. This system of play and play nicely and be competitive, but be kind and you know. And then all of a sudden, you get the guy who's a bit of a maverick, who's a bit of a street footballer, a bit of a brawler comes in, and he kind of changes the dynamic. Because I, I've been in in the academy where a player comes in and they're a little bit off the wall, and you, your first thought is, "Oh, I'm not sure we can control him." And then you think he doesn't fit the system, so therefore he's going to be a no. When in theory, he could. He could be the the horrible maverick, so to speak, that you kind of want. Um, I got, I don't know. It was just it was just a, a thought, really. You've got to have that balance, Aaron, is it? Because the football's changed, whereby you know, going back twenty years, youth football culture bred, bred that kind of player. You know, the, the the you know the the tactics that were employed to apprentices were looked after. Yeah, yeah, swim is a better way of putting it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I don't know. Talking about a monster on the pitch, we maybe got one or two. Um, I was about to say nasty and ugly. Dan Scott is certainly not ugly, um, but he can be nasty. He, the competition between himself and Pleggy, it's interesting, isn't it? Pleggy came in 
and he was probably one of our most glamorous signings in oh god recent recent times the last decade really to get a player from the Eredivisie mm. who turned down European football for us for us felt like a real coup if you if you're a football manager buff then you'll know him reasonably well he was a great free signing a couple of years back um more importantly in reality he seemed like a really good signing but he's had he's had a funny old time hasn't he mark and you were one you and tom were getting really excited about him having seen him in the flesh at palace um i remember or at the palace game rather at home park and mark he's um he's had a strange time since then hasn't he pluggy yeah let's let aaron talk about it I, but i think everything that we've heard before is about systems i don't think it's worked out for Pleggy as much because he's of the system and he's maybe a victim of that. What do you think, Aaron? I wonder if they, they got him in originally to play in a back three. I don't know. And then as a back four, does he's again, it's a speculation, but because he's not the tallest centre-back, he's not the most... Um, if someone comes up against him, they're probably not overly... Um, scared of it, really, and from a physical, co- even though he's good in the air, and I think he's good with the ball at his feet. Whereas, uh, you know, it, recently with Lewis Gibson and Dan Scar, they've had you know two stoppers who are big and you know can can fill space as well. Um, and I think I, I also feel that because n- apart from Lewis Gibson, Dan and 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 Pleggy are, are, are kind of in and out, aren't they? They're the one they yeah. seem to be jockeying for that one position and neither of them are putting a consistency together that's warranting them holding their, their place down um I, i've never seen pleggy play at fullback i mean i did think mm, would it would he suit a fullback but then he won't bring the attacking prowess of a cane or a bali of something of that ilk but joe edwards plays there as well um i i do think he's a good football player pleggy he's very intelligent he knows how to to, to operate um, I thought he was great against Blackburn. Um, was that the first, before the first international break? How many international breaks we've had? I'm lost already. Yeah, We're on number two. three. Yeah, yeah number was, three. Before the first one, that was a few days after Palace. I mean, uh, the thing about Pleggy was, Pleggy brought his family out onto the pitch after the Palace, Palace game and after the Blackburn game. And I thought we were, you know, it was just a matter of time before he was made club captain and just mm-hmm. went on, you know, how, how have we managed to sign this bloke? Yeah, no, I agree. And, and, and I, I don't think his quality is diminished. He's still a great football player. Um, I just think the results and the way in which we've been conceding goals have perhaps influenced whether he plays or not, um, what type of player they're playing against. You know, if they're up against, um, I forget the, the forward, what's the, the, the forward at Middlesbrough was a big unit, Coburn. wasn't it? Um, Coburn. And, you know, maybe that his profile didn't fit that profile, hence why Dan, Dan Scar played. Um, he also had a tough time against Leeds, but then again, you know, here's me he thinking, well, what's the championship standard? But, you yeah. know, Leeds attack is a Premier League attack. It is. Yeah, it is. I didn't see the Leeds game. I only saw, like, some of the highlights. So I saw him get dispossessed for one of the goals. I didn't. I don't know how he played overall. But, um, yeah, I mean, you'd argue them in Leicester will be competing for the, the top two, you'd think. Oh, yeah. We're, we're better, man. I still think they beat most of the bottom six or eight of the... Premier League now it's unusual yeah. but I've got the opposite problem to you Aaron I've got no clue around positional play stats any of that but there's a part of me that wonders whether he at some point could play what is the Houghton role because that seems to me where his strengths are is a natural ball player that could be running the game again 
broken record if you had someone else winning the ball like that what i come back to is what mark said because we were all the same early in the season it's like how on earth do we get this guy he can obviously play the game to a very very high level another one not to give up on i think like that's let's really keep experimenting yeah that's a really good point and i think he would potentially do a good job in there because he'll already have that defensive understanding so all we're doing is moving him up a layer and just get him to patrol. And even if tied, they go with two base, you know, instead of a like for like, they play with two base. Um, and that promotes an automatic opportunity to drop in as a back three if the fullbacks push on. Um, and he can pass the ball. We've already said how, how good a football player he is. He can pass it. And he, he's good in the air as well, isn't he? And he knows how to break up play. So mm. I, I put it forward. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, let's hope Shuey's listening. I'm sure he is. <laughs> <laughs> when we play Norwich in the in the five there quickly while going Aaron he was the uh what would you call it the like the, the Johnstone the, the one you know when uh when you went man for man and then you had a spare man he went to their um CAM he was the guy okay. who was stepping yeah, out okay so that was yeah. good to see I'm with you I wondered if you said earlier about if we're playing inverted fullbacks I'll come on to a wider point in a sec where I, I wonder if he'll do that because you need them to play I think you said I don't know if have we been playing those recently? Because again, I think of that Bristol City game where it all went wrong and the two inverted fullbacks got in a mess in the middle and left that big gap. It feels like we're probably still playing it, but not, not, it's not such a flat two and two because, and that's probably down to personnel because I think the theme I'm coming on to here is you need them to play and we don't want to compensate on us going forward. So we need strength in those areas. And through a combination of like Saxon early getting injured, um, and th- and you know and Joe maybe not having the legs for this level. We've got a lot of good, decent players who ha- who would do well in a flat four or a flat five in a normal system. But we're asking a lot of them, and it feels like we've got a lot of people who can do it. But they've got to do it against high end Championship, low end Premier League quality attacks. Yeah, I agree, and I I don't think it's been as prominent in the last month or so or six weeks. I agree. I, I think it's probably there if it's on, but it's not It's not like we've become so attuned to it, we're not seeing it. It's not been as evident as it was at the start of the year. And I wonder if they've gone, do you know what? Let's bypass that because we can get from A to B a lot quicker going this way. And it might be that they've they've, to- they've toyed with it. They've realised it can work, but it doesn't work to the effect that they want. So therefore they've kind of not scrapped it, but they're not prioritising it. Yeah, I mean... Talking, talking of that position, you know, we've talked about players who have a bit of a possible taboo over them. Mikel Miller, he's one that divides opinion as well. However, he must be doing something right because he's keeping our captain, Joe Edwards, out of the team. Certainly of late, looking at the last block of games, I believe it was four out of five he was starting. Mikel Miller, that is. Um, Tom, we'll come to you. What, what do you feel Mikel Miller's doing to keep Joe Edwards out of the team? Uh, covering 100 yards in a certain time frame. Um, I feel it's that. I, I do think the options are limited. Um, I've never seen Mikel have a, a standout game where I've seen him have good games. Actually, I think probably against Middlesbrough, he, his, his all-round game was, wasn't was bad, but you know he, he, he was very lucky to not get a red card. There was a horrible first touch on the uh, halfway line, which nearly conceded another attack as well. Um, for me, Aaron, I'm, I'm, my my two books that two friends have sent me called How to Watch Football, one by Rude Hullet, I still sat here unopened. 
I'm, I'm hoping that to get enough info from you today that I could send them back to Amazon. Um, but um, pace, pace, and physical attributes are enough sometimes, don't you? Particularly if you're if you know you're going into a game one inferior to the opposition and two to back in a attacking formation where you know you're going to leave yourself exposed if you can't catch up with your man you're not going to do a lot absolutely not i mean athleticism is one of the key things of the game now the game even in the championship is probably as athletic as it's ever been and if you haven't got that athleticism you are limited to what you can do and where you can play and you know i think Mikel, he's a little bit enigmatic for me um, I don't quite know what you're going to get from him. He's, I mean, this is probably the longest run of games he's had without getting injured, I think. So he's clearly fit now, which is testament to himself and the club staff getting him fit. Um, what does he contribute? I think he contributes that athleticism and that movement, and he's clearly being trusted. Um, would you like him? I haven't. I don't know his 1v1 stats, so I don't know what he's like out of you know, 1v1 defensively versus 1v1 going forward. Um, I'd like to see him contribute a bit more if he is considered an attacking fullback, um, he's got to look at his his numbers and see how he can he can contribute. Um, but Shuey's trusting him, and we have to we have to go with, with what he's you know what he thinks is right at this time. So, you know, the fact that he's fit is encouraging. Week in week, yeah, out. yeah. It seems like it seems like Argyle have have found a way of of, of managing him. Mm. Is the word I, I, I would say. He never plays more. He only plays one once every seven days, doesn't he? Doesn't do a midweeker unless he hasn't played on a Saturday. Yeah, that's that tends to be where Joe comes in now. Joe looks like that's going to be his role going forward—an impact sub. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because I didn't see that coming, Mikael Miller. I I didn't see that run of games or him being a starter, to be honest, coming considering last it's season was see, so. Archie, I think that was the plan. I think that was the plan last year with Joe. I think it's such an underrated skill of a professional footballer to be to turn up every week. And I don't mean as in I'm not met, not not metaphorically in performance, but be fit. I mean, how many times has Joe been picked, you know, when we've signed somebody else because he's fit? You know, how many times has he been the only fit fullback of six in a in a squad in the last 18 months? It's been pretty regular isn't it so I just think we're probably at the point Aaron where Joe is probably where we thought he would be with his years catching up with him and us going up the levels is he's going to come on of um you know he's going to spend 60 minutes watching the game taking the vibe knowing what to do and how to lead the team but but then he's got the he's got the energy in the tank where the others are are, you know are, are down on that yeah, I agree. And, and and I go back to the start of the season, the Watford game, the first 25 minutes, he was tortured. And I and I thought, oh God, he's going to strike. And I, I do you know what? I take my hat off to him. I thought second half, he was outstanding. He was aggressive and, you know, showing resilience and character to not let... The, the, the thing that Watford did is they took, they moved that wide player to the other side of the pitch and then they took him off, which actually was the best thing for it. Because I thought, I can't remember his name, but he was fantastic. Um, but you know, you're thinking if this is the type of wide player you're going to come up against week in, week out, then naturally people get found out the higher they go. And But credit where credit's due for, for Joe. What I like is he's a real brilliant pro and he's doing it for the club. Um, and when he's called upon, he'll give everything he's got. And, you know, you can't ask for more than that. Um, and I think he's been a great club captain and still is um, because he rallies the players and he gets fully behind them. Um, I speak to Rands quite often and he says about how, you know, how supportive he is of everyone. Um, and that's that's a, that's the type of guy you want in your squad. You know, the one who knows his role 
um, when called upon, he's he's ready to go. I think he's got yeah. a lot to offer. I, just, football has never been about. It wasn't. Uh, we talk about how football's changed, but football since I've been watching it, it wasn't, and it still isn't about putting the best eleven players no. in the lineup. Is it, Aaron? No, it's not. Absolutely not. It's about having the people around you to know you can, for want of a better phrase, you can go to war with them. You know that they're willing to support you, and they're fully supportive when they're someone else is being picked ahead of you, not wishing that they play poorly so then you're in. Fully supportive, and if you know you've got the backing of a teammate who's got your best interest at heart, you're going to do it for them. And that's what that that's that's what I think Shuey's really created with the whole of the coaching staff. He's harnessed a, a culture where people are willing to do it for each other, and they want to help each other. And you know that that probably helped four of the six wins towards the end of last season where they were together. Because let's be honest, the last six wins they weren't pre- other than Port Belmere, they weren't pretty, were they? They were they were proper grinders, and that was enough to get. Mm. To and we yeah. Oh, yeah. To be honest, to be honest, Aaron, I would argue post Sheffield Wednesday last season, we we weren't great. Obviously, there were you know Derby, Springsteen at home. There were highlights, and obviously, getting promoted is a bit of a highlight. Yeah, absolutely. but um, <laughs> we, we didn't have a great 2023 in League One in terms of hitting those highs. And I think actually, Shuey's doesn't get enough credit for managing that situation. We always talk about those last six games. Yeah. There was a lot going on before then. Cooper being out, Morgan going back, you know, form being pretty up and down, getting yeah. smashed yeah. three, four times. And I think when Shuey does does leave us, I think it's that moment that for me needs to be highlighted, how he navigated those really, really um, choppy, choppy waters. Um, all right, let's wrap up there and we'll take a wee break. And in part three, we'll look ahead, look to the future, look what we need to do to um, make sure we stay in this in this entertaining league in this mad league and of course as always we'll wrap up with a quiz back in a bit all right welcome back to part three in this part like i said we'll look ahead to um the next part of the season like we said before one third of the way through and according to neil dusnip he was saying in the week that the goal is 52 points so that's another 36 needed um, so actually, not a lot needs to change in terms of our points per game. Uh, only a minor, minor kind of uptick, really. Um, if we continue like this, uh, uh, we'll be six points off that um, goal, if you like. So not a huge amount needs to change. However, we I feel we're entering a massive period now. The next 10 games up until Watford on New Year's Day at home. Um, it feels like, and Aaron, you'll probably, you'll probably sneer at this. It's an awful cliche. It feels like a, a fair amount of winnable games. Six out of the ten, we're playing our bottom half. However, last time that we said that, it was Swansea and Millwall, and we know what happened there. So, what's my point? I think we need to get some points on on the board going forward in the next ten ten games. How would you feel about that? I, I agree totally. I think um, they've got to they've got to look at the teams first and foremost that are below us, and when we play them, try to make sure we win that game. It sounds obvious, but so that we. We, we stretch the gap between us um, yeah. and that's essential. So, you know, you look at um, Rotherham coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, forgive me, I don't know where Stoke are, but they're down and around it, aren't they? Last mm-hmm. month. Yeah, yeah, I think. So, you know, they're, they're winnable games. Um, but you can't, they know they won't be able to go in it lightheartedly, but if, it'd be good to set challenges, wouldn't it? For the next 10 games, you know, how many how many points out of those 30 would, would people take? Yes, of course you take 30, but um, would, would you, would 15 points be something that 
is 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 realistic. Um, half yeah. of those, um, that would, you know, I think back to back wins would people are, are, are kind of stretching towards that now, and I think everyone at the football club would love a back to back, wouldn't we? In the space yeah. of like a week or so, two wins on the bounce. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's what I was trying to get to. Essentially, we need, if we're going for this 52 points, it's uh, six points every five games, I believe, for now until the end of the season. But I would argue that the next 10 games, we need more than 10. We need more than 12 points out of the next 10, I would say, mm-hmm. looking at who we're playing. with some huge games. Rotherham at home. Um, it feels like that, that's when you get your back-to-back points to me. Tom, what, what Yeah, we feel like Aaron said, just because we haven't had that, it makes us stress out about our defeats more. Mm. And, and and then the coaching team are changing things like at West Brom and against Norwich, five at the back because, you know, the, Bristol City was such a disaster. Um, I can feel it coming, boys, based on no science whatsoever. Purely <laughs> uh, the yeah, purely Juju's is uh, Coventry away who are beneath us. We've got to win an away game this season at some point. There's not many teams below us. They are. Let's go to Coventry and beat them. And then we've got Stoke at home, like Aaron says, that looks like. I mean, again, it seems very obvious. Should we go in and go, guys, let's win these games. Of course, we're trying to win every game. But we've, um, what am I trying to say? I think we need to for ourselves. I think if we come through with two wins there, I mean, we, I'm not too fussed if we if we beat Sunderland in the game coming up and that buys us a little bit of time to do that. If we come away with six or seven points from these next three games, I think a lot of people stop worrying about relegation. Hmm. Yeah, let's win three in a row. Beat Sunderland. Don't beat them by too much because that would might affect us getting Jay Matete. So just <laughs> just a free one there, and then let's let's shit out a one nil at Coventry like we did with Cherno Samba, and yeah, we can beat Stoke. So that's three in a row right there. Absolutely. Just on that, I also quite look like the fact that once you get beyond that, you start playing teams you've already played, and oh, I think no, that's incredible. massive. I think he'll have learned a lot from each of the performances against the teams, even where we've lost. So I also need to apologise for my kids. I've been telling them it's ages till Christmas, but when you look at a fixture list, it really isn't, is it? It's like, oh God, Like by the time we've got through the next three games, it's basically Christmas. So we have struggled against poor teams, though. Like our, We've spent so much time talking about our attacking flair, but some of that, is around pace on the counter. That's the only thing that worries me. If QPR just decide to sit and do nothing, Rotherham decide to sit and do nothing, let's hope that we can... I think we have to absolutely tear them apart because there's another Bristol City or Swansea or Millwall sat there if we're not careful, which is, look great, they just sit back and all of a sudden you're 1-0 down. So I hope we really go for it. I, I really do. I think... I'm kind of excited about the post-Christmas stretch where we start to play those teams again because I really do. I can see Shuey going, I learned specifically what we did in that game last time. I'm going to change it. Yeah. We're all very optimistic, I think, is the short version, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We'll lose 2-0 at home to Sunderland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking, of, speaking of Sunderland, tricky test. Obviously, they're, they're actually relatively new in the championship, of course. They only got promoted last season. Well, last season was their first back in the champ. Um, they got in the playoffs. They were the youngest yeah. team in the division last year as well. I know a Sunderland fan. And on their day, right. they can be excellent. But mm. I genuinely hope they're good. They don't hit everything because they're, they're a solid mm. time. Really you solid say time. new team, Archie. They're, they've got tons of money. They've got 46,000 supporters, tons of income. 
and one of their players has the same blood type as Jude Bellingham. Um, so uh, they, I, I'm, 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 that's not one of the home games where I'm saying that we desperately have to win. I obviously want to win and put on our home games, but that's gonna be a t- it's gonna be a tough fixture. And let's not forget, we were relegated because of Sunderland on goal difference yeah. because they played a weakened side. I was just against, about to bring that up against South, South End. So I hope that um, <laughs> I hope that they get their just desserts on Saturday because you know they were they were comfortably in the playoffs. They were on the beach for that last game of the season against South End, and we got relegated on goal difference. No further questions. Let's beat them. <laughs> Um, I'm glad to see you've moved on, Mark. Four years later, do we want to do a wee round of predictions before we move on? Chris said two 0 defeat. I'm going one all. Mark? Three one, three one. Of course, Ben Wayne with a goal. Yeah, hey, that's, that, that's an interesting point. You mentioned Ben. Oh, sorry, Aaron, I haven't forgot. You'll come to you in a sec. No, no, you mentioned you mentioned Ben. I mean, that's we don't know the injury status of um, Bundu and Hardy. I mean, we we kind of do. I think sure we said four weeks, but. They weren't overly sure. I think the staff is a bit ahead of Ryan um, in terms of recovery. It'd be really interesting to see what our lineup is. Be brilliant if it's Pleggy in front of a back four and Wayne up front. <laughs> like absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. that'll be our team. I'm going to go two one to to Argyle. Yeah. Oh, fantastic positivity. Uh, yeah. Before we move on to the quiz, let's. I feel like we could kind of wrap up this um, the last discussion we've had over the hour. Chris, in a nutshell, we'll go around we'll go around the groups and give you a time to prepare. In a nutshell, how would you feel we've done thus far this season? I think we're three points behind where we'd like to be. I think if we'd have got a win against Millwall or Swansea, and we had three more points, we'd be really comfortable. And I don't Mark. think that's anything to worry about. Easily recoverable. That's it. Mark? I think... Um... You know, I tipped six play finish, uh, Aaron. I was that confident. I think it was perfectly achievable, but we haven't defended well enough. We've attacked, we've scored goals, but we haven't defended well enough. So that's why we're in a little bit of trouble, but very positive for the rest of the season. Uh, I'm with Chris in that I think we're three or four points away from where we would like to be for our own comfort in terms of where our performance merits us. I think we're a long way off. Um. We've uh, we've got a little work to do, be a bit more streetwise to win matches. I was when Millwall came down, you know, and played a game that was so to such the dissatisfaction of their ownership that their manager was basically fired a couple of games later. But they they aren't as they weren't as good at us. They knew they weren't as good at us, but they know how to go and get three points for far less input in this division. And um, we're still learning on that front. Aaron. Yeah, I agree with with echo everything really. I mean, I, I think performances have outweighed results, but sadly, results are, the, are what matters. Um, mm. I think if we, as we go forward, we we need to manage games better. So we need to know when to push it, when to sit in, um, and just just cut the game up. So knowing that if you're 20 minutes in and you're a goal up, do we suppress and and sit back and then hit counters and just have a variable system. And and I think as long as we haven't. If we can get a bit of consistency, I, I think mid-table. I, I do feel that we'll we'll pull away. Um, mm. But like you said, we've just got to cut out that naivety of, of conceding goals. Yeah. In the interest of fairness, I'm often accused of um, of uh, skipping out on these questions that I ask. I'll, so I'll answer my own. Um, I think 
you know, if you'd asked me a month ago, I, and I said it privately and I don't mind sharing it now, I thought we were more likely to get relegated than stay up in terms of the last international break. The last five games have given me so much, so much optimism to see that we've improved on those weaknesses. I, was, I think, you know, she said they've become more streetwise, and we have. There's been some pretty cynical fouls in there. Um, and we just look like a really, really good team. The problem is, and we all mention all the time, those mistakes, those individual errors, which actually aren't down to the formation, whether it's a four or a three, you know? <laughs> There's been a lot of individual errors, a lot, and that does need to change, and it's slightly concerning, but um, I'm not sure what more to say on it than we already have today and in previous pods. But I'm excited. The last five games were really good, apart from the first half at Sheffield when, when Sheffield Wednesday came, which was pretty nervy, for being honest, and not great. It's been really, really good. And I'm really excited to see um, how we do coming across in a month's time. And I can't wait to see our go in the flesh in the championship. So it'll be good. Um, Tom, you have chosen to be Quizmaster this week to wrap things up. Over to you. Yeah. Hi, gents. Uh, comes to the time and conscious that we're about, well, this is quiz number 27 or 28 or something, however many that we've done. So all the good ideas are gone. So we're on to the B-sides. Um. <laughs> For inspiration, I was looking at the season, the 2004-05 season, because that was a season that uh, it's got a lot of parallels to this one, actually, in that um, it was the first season in the championship, uh, just been promoted, uh, kept a nucleus of a squad that we wanted to, you know, that, that we backed to see if they would survive at that level. Um, interestingly, at that in that season where we stayed up by only four, Three points. We got 53 points that season. 50 points got you relegated. Gillingham went down 50 points. Um, but we had 21 by this point. So that season actually started better um, than the current one has. Uh, keep just improving. A, just a question. It, I, 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 yeah, the me. longest question in the world. Six. The answer is six to your question. <laughs> That's not the question. It's the build-up. But where, where I focused the quiz, I thought, okay, I was doing having a look at this and thinking – um what we've got to do as Argyle and what the challenge that faces us. So I was looking at our 23 rivals for this season. So this week's quiz, uh, gents, of which Aaron, you're guessing on, um, is about our comparative records against our 23 rivals at this level. Now, when I say this level, I mean the EFL Championship being the 20, uh, the six seasons that we were in the Championship and this one in part being the only uh, seasons where we have competed in the division where the Football League trophy or championship trophy is for is up for grabs. So in short, I'm going to go through our rivals in this uh, division this year. And I'm going to ask you whether our records against them in the championship are better, worse, or that they're identical. And by identical, I mean win, lose, or draw. So just to be clear, in focus, this is the... Six seasons in the championship. Yeah, I'm talking Bobby Williamson, uh, Tony Pulis, Ian Holloway, Paul Stark, Paul Mariner, that era. Yeah, and the one that we've got. And I'm going to ask you our rivals in a list, and you're going to tell me whether we've got a better record against them at this level or worse. What about Dave Smith? No, never happened. Football wasn't invented until 2004 for the <laughs> sake of this quiz, Mark. Um, I'm out. So very much favouring our younger uh, 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 listeners here. Um, so, right, EFL, so, EFL Championship. So if you said Blackburn, 
like one of us would have to say better, which would mean we've beaten them more than they've beaten us. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah All right. Yeah, let's go. Right. Let's I'm going to make it easier. There's there's four of you doing the quiz. There's 23 teams. I'm gonna, the most I'm gonna, complicated, I'm complicated thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm taking I'm taking three out so that we've got 20 teams to discuss. So um, Huddersfield and Blackburn and Rotherham are the teams we've played the fewest. We've actually never played Huddersfield and Blackburn in the championship other than this season, which is one game, which we both won. So we've got a better record. One, one, drawn none, lost none. And Rotherham, we haven't uh, played yet in this division, but we played them in our first season in the championship and we won one and drew one. So we've, we're better. So I'm going to go through the other 20 and I'll go around to you in no particular order. Here's the, here's the fun bit. Here's the really fun bit. Oh, here's if the fun bit. We've got an if, we, if you think we've got an identical record, you will get three points. If you put your neck on the line and say we've got an identical record, it's like this is like the pools. You have to yeah, predict yeah, yeah. the score draw. If you think it's better or worse, you pick better or worse, but you only get a point. Right, let's yeah. go. School night. School night. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Right, uh, Archie will start alphabet. Uh, oh no, good two A's. Aaron, two A. Aaron, alphabetical. All <laughs> oh, right. Okay, we're going to start with uh, Sunderland. Aaron, Margie guesswork but possibly with reference back to some of your memories of playing them at the championship when we've been here previously, I want to know we'll get across four matches of which we've played them four matches in the championship. Do we have a better, worse or identical record? Um, I'm going to say better. I'm going to say better. No points for Aaron there. It's an identical record. Two wins, Whoa. two defeats. Why didn't you ask no- me that one? <laughs> Archie, you're next. Ipswich Town played 13 matches at this level. 13. So every season that we've been in the championship, Ipswich Town have also been there. Across 13 games. Better, worse or identical record? We've beaten them recently, of course, at home, twice, 2-1, similar times of the year, but they were both in League One. I can't picture many... Happy days against Lipswich in the championship, and they were good back then. That was Marcus Bent and Short answers are good, Archie. I um, the worse. I reckon they've done us over quite a bit. Correct. One point for Archie there. Chris. Uh, same. I'm you're going just, for three you're just points. going all in. This is what I'm I wanted. I'm going for three points, away. regardless of who you're about to say. <laughs> I like that. This is good. This is, and then we're going to learn if this this average is out. Chris, you're wrong. It's not identical. We've got oh. a worse record against Preston North End. You didn't even hear the team that I asked you. But across 13 games, we've uh, beaten Preston twice, drawn six times, lost five times. Um, you'd already commit there, and you're wrong. Mark, uh, next team is Millwall. We've played them five times in the Championship. Have we got a better or worse record? Worse. Yes, sir. Uh, one point for you. There we go. We're moving on. Aaron, we're back round to you. Queen's Park Rangers. We've played 12 times in the EFL Championship. I want to know if you think we've got a better, worse or identical record. We've had a lot of worses so far. I'm going to go identical for a three. Oh, ballsy. Yes, good. Um, I like the strategy. It's not paying off at the moment. A bit like Argyle season. We've got a better record against QP. Really? We've won four, drawn six, and lost two against 12 games. That was a hard one. Archie, Stoke City, not played them yet. Big game coming up. We've played them eight times, though, at championship level before Tony Pulis took them up to the Premier League. Um, Across eight occasions, have we a better or worse or identical record? 
surely is worse because they that's pomp stoke about to be promoted is that your final answer so, worse yeah well done mate yeah it's the worst record um you've got yourself a point there for correctly identifying that chris what are you going for before i say the team <laughs> you need to turn your microphone on play chris just fyi it's time it's time wasting already i am um it's leads by the way uh oh, oh Chris, god worse worse lower yeah yeah, yeah. lower yeah, than a good. whatever lower than a 15. Yeah. yeah we've played them seven times at this level although weirdly they got relegated uh themselves in, halfway through our championship experience so we've played them seven times we've never beaten them in the championship got one draw and lost six but um, during those years, right. we were we were the, largely the better side. Very unfortunate. Um, Mark, we're on to you and Leicester City. Mark, we've played them ten times in the Championship. We've not not long till we play them again. We played them ten times. Better, worse, or identical? Just a moron question: If is it identical? Say if you've got four wins, two draws, four defeats, is that identical? Yeah, that okay, be, let's yeah. go for identical. Oh, 30 yarder from Mark Lovell. Three oh, points. Mm. Identical record against Leicester City. Three wins, four draws, three defeats. Taking a lead and putting some pressure on his opponent. Peter Halmosi, does that count? Yeah. Yeah, that was one. Uh, can't remember anymore. It was two, two draws. I saw one of them. Two draws at the end of the season, both 05 and 06. I saw us win 1 0 there, and my t shirt was ruder than this. it's great for those on audio Aaron um, (laughs) Cardiff City we've played them 12 times in the championship had some humdingers in that time not played them this season yet better worse or identical I'm going to go worse sorry Aaron in fact encourage your convictions of earlier we've got an identical record against Cardiff oh. City four wins three draw uh, sorry four wins four draws and four defeats um including that that classic 3-3 where we came back from 3-0 down he's oh. oh. that as his tactical revolution that inspired his blackball promotion um which you might find on another podcast Archie uh Watford Watford we played 11 times because we played them Again, once this season, odd number. It's good Watford team, not to get confused with the FA Cup. Um, saw us blow a 3-1 lead against them. Drew 3-3. I'm sure. It's, I mean, it's definitely not better. It can't be better. So it's either identical or worse. Yeah, it's a good team, good team. Ashley Young, Marlon King. What are you going for? Mm, I can't picture any other games. Uh, 11 games, did you say? 11 games. Pernick, 11. Identical or worse, mate? What are you going for? Well, worse. It's better, unfortunately. <laughs> <That's laughs> we won four games, drawn four, and lost only three. Where did uh, we win? Uh, I, in 20, uh, I don't have the scores here. 2008, 2009, one home and away. Uh, one in 0405, one in 0708 away as well. Oh, David Norris got that one. I remember that. I was at that. Late winner. I like the way you left him hanging. He's like reeling off after squad and random years. Like it's definitely not better. Like well, keep going, Archie. For my benefit, <laughs> certainly not the uh, certainly not the listener. Um, uh, Chris Allen, uh, Coventry City. 
Oh. We've played 12 times and we're playing them again pretty soon. Better, identical or worse. We've already named some Coventry wins, I think, in uh, in the earlier part. Not to, not to push you in a particular direction. It's your call, mate. Same. Mm, ballsy, I like it, but wrong. Uh, we've beaten Coventry six times in the Championship. 50% win record at this level. Two draws, four defeats. No points for Chris there. Mark, runaway leader at the moment. Um, Norwich City. Norwich City. We have played nine times. At Championship level, let's say a positive record. Buzaki, free kicks. 6-2 stuffing. Let's go positive. You're saying better than? Yes. Oh, I like it. I like your positivity. Although identical was where you should have gone. Four wins, one draw, four defeats. Shit house. We'll keep it moving. A few more. Aaron, um, we played Southampton nine times. Uh, any recollection of how we might have done against Southampton at this level? We've played nine times, obviously, once in my, a season. In, just, I know it's not my go, but in my head, we've lost every game. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm thinking, well, I'm going with it anyway, Chris. I'm not blaming you if it, when I get it wrong, but I'm going to go worse. Okay, okay. Sorry, Aaron. You're carrying up with the, uh, the maiden here. Um We've got a better record against Southampton. Won three. What? Won four. Lost two. Southampton were relegated to League One, remember, while they were uh, with us in uh, in the Championship uh, when they signed Paul Watton, etc. Um, Archie, uh, Hull City, we've played seven times. Any any ideas? No. No. Can't pitch any going of that. We're um, All these teams I've got, I, Hull were good then. Were they not? And we drew with them this year. Can you complete that sentence? All the teams I've got, what, you feel like you're being... All the teams teams I've got thus far, Stoke... A random Russian roulette of teams. Stoke, Watford, Hull, you know, the late, whatever, you know, 2009-8 period was was good for them, was it not? Um, What are you going for? So it's making me think that we lost to them, but that logic didn't work in the last game. So I'm going to stick with it and say, worse, I can't picture any wins... Shame. Oh. Yeah, ident- uh, identical. You've missed a chance oh. of three points there, Archie. Shame. Real shame. Um, what this game, just a little pause there for everybody, what they should have said is there's there's very unlikely that you could have either recalled or cheated in time to have got a real advantage in this game, so you should have just said identical uh, five times, which I thought is where you were going, Chris, but you let me down. <laughs> it's Chris, much better than uh, I thought it was going to be at the start, in honestly. <laughs> Chris, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, just a just a better, spoiler there. Better, better, no worse. Sorry, we we'll oh, move on. God's there. sake! Okay, I'll try and give a clue to somebody else. Mark Birmingham City. Just so you know, guys, uh, it's Mark's go. Then there's one round each. There is one identical record remaining. Oh, and it's Mark. not Birmingham. Right, it's got a speed round. Yeah, uh, did I did I say Birmingham City? Yeah, Birmingham City. We played five times, mate. Better yeah. or worse? Unfortunately, it's a it's a losing record against Birmingham City. It is. We've never beaten this level. No wins. One draw, four defeats. Good point there for Mark. Aaron, you need a big, big score here. You've pretty much got to go for broke. That's not well, identical. I'm just going to go for identical then, aren't I? So okay, fine. Middlesbrough, Aaron, have we got a better, worse, or identical record? Oh, I'm going to have to go identical. <laughs> Nicely done, mate. Yes, three yeah. points for Aaron there, and I definitely didn't <laughs> choose that one deliberately for you. <laughs> well manipulated. Thank you very much. Oh, hang on. Is that Jamie Mackie Mac- Mac- winner? It, uh, yeah, I do remember that one, actually. 
Um, yeah, they won. Do remember that. Do remember that. Um, Archie, uh, West Bromwich Albion played seven times. Any ideas? Oh, the identical's gone. Another team, well, they're always good in the Championship, aren't they, really? West Brom, surely it's worse. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, well, we've, we've had no promotion from this division and one relegation, so um, averages are going to say that we've got worse records, isn't it? Yeah, correct. Chris, uh, Bristol City worst. played seven times worse. Nicely done. Point there for you, Mark. Swansea City played five times at this level. We've obviously lost one this season. What are you saying, better or worse? Worse. Oh, that concludes the quiz, ladies and gentlemen. High octane quiz. Um, don't have to do too much mathematics to find that Mark Lovell is the winner with six points. Aaron, you are third, joint second, sorry, with Archie. Chris, you're still in the Champions League places with two points. <laughs> Thank you, gents. Awesome. Thank you, Thank you Tom. The that was good. Question was, the question was nearly as long like, as the quiz. It was like quiz, doing the classified results. Need a breather. <laughs> That was good. It was good. But hey, we'll wrap things up there. Aaron, thank you ever so much for your time. It's been a real treat to have you on. No, thank you, chaps, for the invite. Much, you know, thoroughly enjoyed it on a Sunday evening. Um, yeah. Let's hope for the positive direction for the football club, you know. But no, yeah. really appreciate, you know, you asking me to come on. No. And on my way, Aaron, we haven't asked you many uh, questions about your, about what what you do now. And it is really interesting. You've, there's, there's a lot going on in your life and um there are some other podcasts out there which go into great detail about that so if you're interested in that do check them out let's just go and beat Sunderland 3-1 yeah all right thank you Aaron thank you everyone else and thank you for listening we'll be back with you soon